Welcome to Consider Yourself Hugged. I am your host, Tammy West. And today back with me is Michelle Kixmiller. So I'm so excited for her to be here with me. And I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. You know, before we jump in, um, Michelle and I were just talking for a minute about, you know, we don't, we both feel just shaken up um, by the events that have gone here in Nashville. So it feels weird. We don't feel like in our normal, you know, high spirited, just fun loving session. But I, I do want to go ahead and tell you on a positive note, I've been saying that we had some exciting news and I didn't tell Gracie I was going to do this, but starting, I think in May, Michelle is going to be joining us again. So woo, as a co-host. And then um, Gracie Lichtenstein, who you all met a few weeks ago, will be joining as well. So it's a whole new format with three of us just chatting, doing interviews, having a great time. And and I've missed her so much. Have you missed me? Of course. Of course. Even though I get to talk to you every once in a while, I still have, have missed you desperately. I've missed you desperately too. Yeah. We still, we're still friends. We still talk, but um when you're, when you're kind of, I don't know if the word is forced, but you know, when we were doing the show together, we knew we were going to be able to catch up every single week. Um, right, right. So I've missed that. I've missed that, but this was very last minute and we weren't intending to, so we're not starting the co-hosting yet for a few more weeks as far as recording, but Michelle and I talked this morning and just thought, you know, this is, this is who we are and this is what we do. You know, this is, this is what we're passionate about is when things that happen in this world, when people are hurting. So if you don't mind, Michelle, I'm just going to like quickly recap. Do you mind if I do that the day what happened? And no, of course, okay. go ahead. Um, neither one of us feels like we want to focus on so much of, of the specific details, but if you're here, you're listening, you're watching, you probably already know, but just in case you don't, um, here in Nashville, this would have been yesterday, um, depending on where you're listening. So it would have been Monday, March 28th, um, here in Nashville, Tennessee at the Covenant School, which is a private Christian school. Three children and three adults were um, killed in a mass shooting. And I wanted to read their names more than anything and who they are. And we'll put, we'll have several links for you in the show notes. So if you're watching, you see me glancing all around because I literally just have these things pulled up, but I, I wanted to give them, I wanted to give them voice, you know, names. So I just want to read their names and who they were. And then we'll just go from there. So I don't know how to pronounce her name, but it's Evelyn Dickhouse. She was nine years old and a third grader. Mike Hill was 61 and he was the school custodian. William Kinney was nine years old, and he was a student. Catherine Kuntz was 60 years old, and she was the head of Covenant School. Cynthia Peake was 61. She was a substitute teacher. And I think it's Hallie Scruggs was nine years old, a student, and the daughter of the senior pastor at the Covenant Presbyterian Church connected with the school. So this is what happened. And, you know, with what Michelle does in her career, I, I immediately wanted to talk to her because how do you, how do you, of course, we also want to just make sure we encourage you to care for yourself during this tough time, but no matter where you are in the country and no matter what the tragedy is, how do you talk to your children? You know, how do you talk to the young people? What do you say to them to be encouraging and supportive 
um, how do you do that? So Michelle, that's kind of what I want you to step in and what do we do? So I, I think that, um, you know, making sure as adults that we all have our own support system, that we all have someone that we know that is kind of an anchor for us, that is like a, a good first step because I'm going to um, just share a story of, and it's actually a story from um, when I was teaching and I, were you still teaching when the tornado came through Gallatin? No, the story that I was thinking would be 9-11 was something goes, because Michelle and I, if, if you don't remember, if you haven't been with us for a while, we taught high school together um, a number of years ago, but no, not with the tornadoes. And so, um, and I'm sure like there's a 9-11, um, that's a example as well. But with this, it was, um, I learned a very valuable lesson about being a good support system for children and adolescents from a veteran teacher there. There was um, a tornado that was pretty devastating to the Middle Tennessee area, including Gallatin, where- what, um, When was that? It's okay oh, if you don't remember. I was just trying to, you know, I don't remember the year. Um, no, it's okay. I have to look at it. Uh, no, no. So it's fine. <laughs> when, um, you know, everyone was, of course, downstairs, kind of getting in the position that you get in, like we had had, we have all our classes down there. Everybody, of course, was very, very tense. There was a lot of information coming in from outside the school because there are cell phones and, you know, parents are texting and, you know, people are texting out. So, like at that point, it was already known that it was going to be a, a fairly, um, that there was a lot of damage that had mm -hmm. already been identified and that the tornado was coming towards the Gallatin area. And so there was um, a couple of assistant principals outside of the school with radios, radioing inside the school, kind of trying to keep an eye on things to tell people kind of what was going on. And there were some students who were crying and I looked at, and it was, it very much was a very anxiety producing yeah. situation. And um, I looked at this teacher who, and it's actually Kia Wilson. I don't know if I could name her on here. I'm but, sure she wouldn't mind. And um, he was awesome. She had such a calming look on her face. She was walking just in between the students up and down the aisles and just her presence was calming and was calming for the students. And I was able to kind of like take lead from her. And wow. so the reality is that young people and really even adults, they look to others to see how they should respond and act. And so as adults, when wow. it comes to talking to children, adolescents and so forth, I think that, you know, making sure they understand that they are safe, that you have their, you know, at most, this, you, that their safety is of your utmost importance. Mm -hmm. And because um, I think that like, even as adults, if you think about it, you know, if you're on a plane and there's bumpy weather, you know, you kind of look at the flight attendant, does the flight attendant look upset? Or right, right. You know, you're, as adults, we also try to read people's faces to see about the situation. And so I think that like having a good support system as an adult to where 
we discuss our anxieties and our um, worries with someone else to where it doesn't, I don't want to say spill over, but to where it doesn't, it doesn't affect the children. No, I understand. Yeah. I I didn't, I, I don't know that we've ever had this conversation. I don't know that I knew, of course I was not teaching then. And I don't, I don't remember ever knowing or thinking maybe we just weren't in touch during that time period. So you were there with the students in the middle of that crisis. Um, no, I did not know that. And I can see where Kia Wilson would be a calming person. Yes. So calm, just walking like, like there was absolutely nothing, nothing wrong. And, um, and seeing her, I immediately realized, okay, that's what, that's what I'm need to be doing right at this moment. And, um, even when, um, I mean, at, at that time, there was a, a moment where the assistant principal said, and all the kids heard it, you know, that there was a tornado coming straight for our building and it ended up going over our building. So did you, did you hear, feel, did you, I know this is not exactly the scope of what we're talking about, but, but it is in a way, I mean, when you're down there. No, no, we did no. not. No, we were completely, you know, completely safe and we did not feel it like again, like kind of that moment when you have young people that are looking to you when you have to know, okay, I have to, I have to be, be calm. You know, I do think of a couple things with you talking about that. I mean, I do think, cause we were both teaching during nine 11 and it's one of those things where whenever you go through a crisis like this, it's, you know, you never forget exactly where you were and exactly what you were doing. And I remember I was doing a lab with my students on purple onion cells. And the thing is, you know, with this as well, it's all over the television. So we had a television in the room and then there's break and the kids are wanting you to, at that point they were wanting to stop and, and we didn't stop, you know, and I tried to have that calming presence, but my oldest, my youngest son, Michael, who, you know, and I've talked about him before, who struggles with anxiety, that was the time period that I can really pinpoint that his anxiety really worsened. And I know they were talking about it at school. And I know that he was watching it more on television than I probably knew. And that word that you said, feeling safe, you know, and looking to the adults in your world to just have that reassuring calming presence. And then at this, when you talked about having a support, what I thought you meant, and I'm, I'm so, I'm just, I've learned a lot just from what you just said. What I thought you were going to say was having a support system for you so that you would be able, you know, like through the crisis, um, so that you were better equipped to help the kids if you were taking care of yourself. But what you were saying, which is also true, I'm sure, but is looking being able to have people that you can look up to and model and learn from. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think it's all of that, what you said as well. I think that um, the reality is it's very, that was a very scary situation, whether it be tornado, 9-11, you know, what just happened here in Nashville. It's scary for parents too. And like the first thing you really want to do is rush out and, you know, go get your babies. I mean, that's, that's what you want to do. And you want to like keep them at home. And, um, I think that, 
that's a natural thing. And so having that support to kind of be there for you in that and, you know, like be an anchor for that anxiety as a, as an adult to where the kids don't necessarily feel that then, if that makes sense. Is that, that's what you mean by being an anchor, being able to, because you mentioned earlier when we talked about talking about, you know, children who naturally have more anxious tendencies are definitely going to struggle with this more. If, I mean, absolutely. And I think there's a whole level of, of, of things that come with that. And, you know, sometimes you completely understand. Sometimes there are people who don't understand that, that the Mm -hmm. fact that, you know, if you think about something like, like a car accident, like, you know, we all, you know, if, if you drive, you drive most of the time every day and, you know, you don't even think about car accidents as much and people probably with more anxiety, think about it more, right. but like, if you have a fender bender, you know, I think most people experience that time when they are then very um, aware when they're the riding. time period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because what was unlikely became likely. And so when you have a situation where the unlikely becomes likely and however you interpret that, however close you are to the situation and some people, you know, interpret likely becoming unlikely just by seeing it on television. And that is something I want to talk about in a few minutes, like the, like keeping news coverage on like 24 seven and how that affects children. Well, and how, you know, last night when we were watching it here at home, I finally told my husband, I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore, you know? And then today they released the body cam footage and he turned it on and I just, I really did cry. It was just so upsetting. And so for me as an adult who has had more experiences and can process this, me also as an anxious adult, then how much more worse can this be for children who don't have all of the experiences and knowledge and skills that we do. And, and I was also thinking when you were talking about the way that we can be an anchor and how you watch Kia and I've shared this story before, but you know, I think I've told you before when Lindsay and I were walking, this sounds like a really weird story, but we're walking the dogs and a dog came towards Charlie. And I had to have this experience where Charlie got in a fight with the dog. And so I scream and pull him And Lindsay said, mom, you're making it worse. You know, you need to be calm prior to that day. I don't know what it, why it was that, but prior to that day, I would say things like, I am just not good in crisis. I am just not good at remaining calm, but that's, that's like a false statement, you know, to just say, I'm not good at it. You watched someone else handle a crisis situation and you went, Hmm, I should do that. And then you did that. And that's such an important lesson that anyway, just, just to be able to, to look at that doesn't mean we're always going to be perfect, but that we can't just say, well, I'm not good at that. Or yeah, we can, we can do that. And and of course, like if you um, have listened to us at any Mm -hmm. point in time, you know, that we definitely, um, Tammy and I believe in sharing your emotions and not bottling them and not covering them up. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about kind of having another source 
of support there versus like what children need at that moment. They need to feel safe, secure. They need to know that everything is, is okay. Well, what about talking about it? What do you, how should that, you know, advice about that? How should that look? Because we want to allow them, we want to open up the conversation, right? It's not just about appearing calm and stuffing and just absolutely everything's fine. So how do we do that? I think that, um, you know, that varies depending on the age and really the child, because different children process things differently. Mm -hmm. And it may be that they've seen, they're aware, they have a lot of questions. And absolutely, you want to answer their questions. And, you know, if, if you're, you've watching your, you've seen something and you cried, like, you know, this is a very difficult situation. It's very normal thing to cry when you hear or see something related to this. And, you know, if the child asks, you know, why are you crying? You know, absolutely. I think talking Mm. about that, um, or asking them if they're not talking about it, you know, do you, you see that? Do you, you know, see anything you want to talk about? How are you feeling? Uh, different things like that. And in the, one of the resources we're going to put in the show notes, it actually talks about some different ways children have a tendency to express things like this if they're not really talking about it. And it's based on age. So it'll break it up based on age and some things you might see. Okay. Over, over time. So that's a really good resource from the CDC. Okay. So I think, yeah, definitely talk about it. I think um, answer, answer questions. I think that, uh, like I said, having too much information or news media on, I mean, and unfortunately it's just the nature of, of the industry that some of it is, I mean, like when I was watching, trying to to learn more yesterday there was um they were talking about oh you know now this is so many children that's not going to be coming home to their families at night I mean like there are a lot of statements like that where I know you know that the anchor was probably very upset at the same time your children are hearing that yes yes and you're I don't even know at what age but surely you know middle school or or high school, or even elementary school, they have cell phones. And so then they're able to access some of those things that whether it's TikTok or, you know, the social media. So they're seeing those things as well, Mm -hmm. other than just news. Yeah. And I think kind of like staying in the the moment when like with a, a crisis, you know, staying in the moment, kind of determining what does my child need right now they need a hug do they need time with me like what do they need right at this moment to feel safe right so it it what about you know I was reading something you know sometimes some behaviors can come out in children that are destructive or things you would not expect them to do. Um, do we, are we going to see that sometimes in kids when they've gone through something traumatic, especially if they're close to the situation? Oh, yes, absolutely. And think that, um, that 
it's really common for kids with a situation to be like, oh no, you know, I'm completely fine. And then you start seeing some behavior problems, whether it be at home, at school, they just have some emotions that they can't or don't know how right. to express. Right. I mean, in- well, and you, you sent me the, the CDC document. So I have that in the show notes. And then I found one, um, for, um, oh, what is the one that I found? I found one that was, I thought was a pretty good supplement to that, you know, just providing just a wide range of tips for parents, teachers, grandparents, aunts, uncles, you know, anyone that has a young person in their life. Um, and especially, especially for those who, who have kids that have seen this and know about this and just want to find a way. And I think what you talked about safety, I, I do just from personal experiences, know you know, just growing up as a child in an environment that didn't feel safe. That's all, that's all I ever really wanted. You know, it was just to feel like the adult, even if I saw that adult cry or get angry or get upset, but as long as I knew that that adult was taking care of things and trying to make my world safe, then it was okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely safe and protected. Yes. Safe and protected. Yeah. It was just a a real tough day in, in, in Nashville. And just to have something like that happen so close to home was just felt like we needed to, and I, and I put in a post today that it wasn't maybe just as much for us to just talk for a minute and process as it was for us to help everybody else. And in fact, that's, that's the last thing that I said, we wanted to encourage everybody was to take care of yourself. You know, when you're going through a crisis and you're, you're taking care of your children or you're a teacher and you're taking care of your students and you're watching it on the news. And do we have any great pointers for, for us as adults? We've probably already said a few. What do you think, Michelle? I think that, you know, making sure you take the time to grieve however you need to grieve and, you know, I think that as adults, I mean, as children, it's like, it affects people differently Mm -hmm. and, you know, grieve however you need to grieve. You know, I, I found for me, it was, and what about you? It was, it wasn't just that. And, and let me say, I didn't have any connection to anyone in that situation at that school. Um, and let me back up for a minute. I, I do want to say that the Metro police here in Nashville just were so wonderful from everything that I've seen. You know, they really put their lives on the line and went in to protect those kids. Um, but there was just a lot of anger, you know, for me. And and when you, the biggest part of the media coverage sometimes focuses on all of the stuff that is divisive to us as a country, but there was just this anger of just that this happens, you know, and it was, it just, it came out for me and just in tears and just watching and getting angry. And so just like you said, I had to back away from that. And, and, and even that and related to the mental health conversation, because I've seen a lot of that, which is a whole nother topic you know, but that connection between what people do and, 
and mental health. And there's just so much, you know, there's just so much connected to it. And I think that kind of you make a, a good point about, you know, the conversations around when something happens like this and like this was an act of violence that, yeah. you know, I think as, especially as adults, we want to find a reason. Why did this person do this? You know, mm-hmm. what's the information? But it's, it was an act of violence that, you know, is there an explanation? Is there a good explanation? You know what I'm, I'm saying? Like, we want to know more, mm-hmm. but, you know. We do. It's... We- we want to know and we want to know fast and we just want to be able to wrap our brains around it. And like determining like it's, it's, it is happening more and more frequently and it, it is infuriating. It's also that we have so much more access to what goes on with the media. Now it doesn't necessarily mean that all schools are not a safe place. <laughs> That's right. If you think about it, um, from what I understand, this person had planned, right, to go to another place and due to security decided, no, not gonna, not gonna do that. And so, you know, it's to to another school, I'd heard to another, like to a store or is that, you know, I I think I had heard school, but again, it's hard to know. There was a lot of information coming out yesterday. Right. But I think it's important um, to kind of think through and to look at what are the statistics? Yeah. Is your school a safe place? Um, is Because it's very easy as a parent to be like, I don't really want my kids to go to school because it's not safe. There was a shooting. I know. I mean, I even, I even said, which I'm assuming a lot of parents with grown children said, I don't know what I would do right now if I still had children in school, you know, but you make the good point that, and I'm going to correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to go ahead and say, it's okay. Not in front of children really, but it's okay to vent all that stuff. You know, it's okay Mm -hmm. to scream and cry and say horrible things about everything, make snap judgments, get all that out. But then back up and start looking at things in a more logical way and really look and make decisions about what you're going to do with your kids. And I think too, like, especially for, um, older children, you know, schools have plans and they have drills they do. Mm -hmm. Um, we did some when, when we were teaching and I think kind of reinforcing that, you know, the school has a plan as to an emergency plan as to what would happen if something like this were to happen. It's it's not likely, but if something were to happen, there is a plan and your teachers know what to do. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think that's super important. Yeah, I mean, I don't, when I left teaching, we didn't, this was not, we did not have active shooter training. Did you, what, at some point before you left teaching, I left in 2005 and that was not a thing. We didn't, I don't, I mean, we, we had some trainings where we were locked down. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think I had that either, but you were there several years past me, right? Yes. And the world yeah. has changed. And so, yeah, it's um, kind of reassuring them that there is 
a plan. And I think that as schools practice drills and so forth, even though I know that can be anxiety producing as well, but practicing to know, you know, there's a a plan in place. Right. Where if this were to happen. Right. I agree. And I know, um, I know one particular friend of mine who runs a small Christian school and that's exactly what's about to happen, you know, here locally, they're revamping their plan. And so, but, but very step-by-step, very, you know, very, what's the word purposeful um, and looking for what's best for their school and their students and their teachers and their location and just what that plan is going to be. Yeah. I mean, they're trying to assure safety and security, which is, you know, those words we kind of started this conversation out with. It's what they need. Safety, security. It's what they need. They need to feel safe. Yes. So we can probably end off um, by saying a couple of things. The resources that Michelle and I, there's there's two. Um, the one that, that Michelle sent to me and then one that, that I thought was good as well. So we'll put both of those for you in the show notes. And also just one link to just the description that I read of the people in that school. Um, so those will be there for you. And I am going to look for one more resource just about taking care of yourself, you know, just taking care of yourself through all of this. Well, what else do you have, Michelle? Do you think we've, we've covered it? I think this is as best as we can. Yeah. Such a hard topic. I think that, you know, yeah, I know. I agree. there's There's really no words. It's such a difficult thing to have happen to our little community so it is it is but thank you so much for coming on just taking a bit of time um you know I'm just always thrilled to be able to talk with you about this kind of stuff so thank you all for being with us today um go check out those things in the show notes um I'm not going to ask you to do all the other stuff you know what it is that we love for you to do and I just want to say I look forward to having you back in a few weeks I look forward to being back Okay. And until we're together next time, consider Consider yourself yourself hugged hugged and loved and safe and secure. Thank you. Absolutely.